is Nathan Hornback. If, if you're not familiar, uh, I'm the lead pastor here. I have the honor, uh, most often, of preaching the Word of God to you guys. And so thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being here. And um, just really quick, by way of review from last week, we're continuing in our Christmas Advent series called Christmas Tree. And last week we talked about God's generosity toward us. We talked about the gift that Jesus really is for all of us. And we looked at our response to the generosity of God. And we saw that as Christians, when we're generous, we're being most like our Heavenly Father. We saw that generosity in us only comes from a changed heart, a heart that's responding to the generosity of God. And then the third thing we looked at was that generosity is primarily about changing lives. That's what it's about. Generosity doesn't start in wallets, it starts in hearts. And so with that in mind, as we continue today, we're going to talk about the righteousness of God and the gift of Christmas. Um, Most of us in here are very familiar with the Christmas story, going all the way back even to when the angel appeared to the shepherds watching over their flocks and and said these very famous words. The angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, few knew that the words of those messengers of heaven on that day would literally change the lives and eternal destinies of millions upon millions of people. Because listen, the message of the angel on that day was a message of freedom for sinners. It was a message of freedom for sinners. Now, the the truth of the matter is, is that all of us as human beings are sinners. Now, I know that's not the most popular thing to say from the pulpit. That's not even a very fun thing to hear all the time. But listen, I think that if all of us were actually really honest with ourselves, that, that we would all admit that none of us are perfect, right? In fact, I think that if we, if we took the time to spend some time examining what's really inside of our heads and inside of our hearts, um, every single one of us would find that there's darkness in here. There is. Um, You see, sin, disobedience against God, has destroyed the world. It's it's torn apart the things that God created. The things that God designed to last forever. It's caused pain for people that we love very much. Um, Sin is even responsible for a lot of the pain that many of us experience in this life. Amen. Because listen, the, the result of sin, the result of disobedience and mistrust of God is this. It's hate, sorrow, turmoil, and hopelessness. Amen. That's the result of sin. And so, on this day, or at this time, 2,000 years ago... When the angels announced with the arrival of Jesus, they were making a declaration into a sinful, broken world that we finally had some good news. That we finally had something to hold on to. That because of this baby born in a manger in the city of David, everything was about to change. Everything was about to change. Now... Every Christmas season, as you guys know, 
My wife and I spent some time driving around the city on date night this last week. As you guys know, every Christmas season, suddenly everything, houses, trees, fences, everything gets wrapped in thousands of tiny little stars, right? And as humanity, we drive around and we look at those things. And when we see those stars, there's, there's a glimmer inside of us as a people that, that once again, there, there might be a chance to experience joy, love, hope, and peace in this world. Even the most broken sees the lights and, and something, something happens inside of them. And I think we would call this the spirit of Christmas. Right? Sadly, though, here's what happens. Uh, The world, the majority of the world, sees everything wrapped in these tiny little stars. They they feel inside of them a a glimmer of hope. And then what they do is they then believe that it's an invitation that if we just look a little bit deeper into ourselves, that if we just tried in the new year to be better people, If we just strived harder to be a good person, that maybe in this next year we could taste a little bit of the promise that Christmas projects into the world. And so that's sadly what a lot of people do. Maybe some of you. We try harder each year to try and fix what's broken within us and broken within the world. We we strive after grand plans and huge endeavors and and, and try to set right the things that are wrong. And yet, year after year after year, nothing seems to change. And we find that there's darkness again for another 12 months. In fact, um, even Vaclav Holland, who is the president of the Czech Republic, he said this about Christmas. He said, the one thing that humanity keeps on forgetting is that we ourselves are not God. You see, the message of the angels was a message of hope. But, But listen, it was a message that hope had arrived from somewhere else. Okay? That, that our source of joy and peace and love was not within ourselves, but had come from beyond us to live with us. Amen. That was the message of the angels. The good news of Christmas, here's what I'm saying. The good news of Christmas is not a list of instructions on things that we need to do to try to fix the problem of sin in the world and in our own lives. The message of Christmas was that something was about to be done for you. Okay, something was about to be done for us. And so we read the story of this baby born in a manger. We learn that this baby, this child, is the Son of God. God taking on human flesh, being born into a world that He Himself actually created. We see Jesus, we read that He lives a perfect, sinless life. On our behalf. The life that none of us in this room, none of us on this planet are capable of living. But the life that that we were supposed to live, enjoying beautiful relationship and community with God our Father. But a life that was ruined by sin and disobedience through our first parents, Adam and Eve. We read then that Jesus, after living a perfect life for us, 
willingly sacrifices his own life on a Roman cross where he suffers and dies in our place, an excruciating death to pay the penalty for our sin and failure. You see, Scripture tells us that Jesus took on himself all the sins of his people so that, listen, through faith alone, anyone who believes in him would find forgiveness from sin and we would be made righteous once again. That's, that's the good news of Christmas. It's that, that through Jesus, through our faith in him, we would have our relationship with God our Father restored again. That's the good news of Christmas. In fact, that's why we say, and we've called this series, Christmas Tree. It's why we're saying that the cross of Jesus is actually the real Christmas tree. Amen. Uh, the Apostle Peter, in 1 Peter 2.24, called the cross a tree when he spoke of Jesus and his work, saying this. Peter says, He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree. So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. See, that's why the cross is the real Christmas tree. And so when we gather, church, beneath the cross, beneath the real Christmas tree, and we, we look up and we see Jesus, the light of the world, hung on the Christmas tree, our hearts fill with real and lasting hope. All of a sudden, light breaks into the darkness that seems to take control of us. And and it's actually underneath this tree that we find the greatest gift of all. We find the greatest gift of all because we find here the solution to the problem of sin and darkness and evil in the world and in our own hearts. Here's the gift of the cross. Here's the gift of Jesus. The penalty for your sin and my sin has been paid by Christ. You and I no longer have to pay it. Isn't that incredible? We're free. The work that needed to be done to restore our righteousness was done by Christ. And his perfect life lived. So you know what it means for us. We no longer have to strive after perfection. We don't have to work to try to earn the favor of God. Jesus earned it for us. What a gift. And then here's one of my favorite parts. Another gift of the cross is that when we mess up, and we do, don't we? When we mess up in this life, we no longer have to try to work to make God like us. Because Paul says that we are in Christ and through faith in him, we already are fully favored and accepted by God. What an incredible thing. Church, the the gift of Christmas is freedom. What what I'm describing to you, the good news of the message that those angels pronounced into the world, is a beautiful doctrine of theology called this. If if you're taking notes, write it down. This is called the doctrine of justification by faith alone. Justification by faith alone. It is the good news of Christianity. And and I'll tell you, especially this Christmas season, listen, anything else is bad news. Anything else is bad news. 
Uh, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4, that Pastor David read. Uh, he explains for us the implications of what Christ's work on the cross means for us and the freedom that we have through our faith in him. So if you would, look again at your Bibles. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 1. Paul says, There is therefore now, because of Jesus, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Isn't that an incredible statement? There is no condemnation for those of us that are in Christ. This means that if your faith and trust is in Christ, your salvation is assured and secured. Okay? There is nothing that you can do to lose your salvation. There is no condemnation for you. The Bible says you have been placed in the hand of God our Father and nothing takes you out of His hand. And, and let me tell you, not even you. That's good news for me. We're safe. It means that when we mess up, we're forgiven. That God, man, think about this. God doesn't hold grudges against you. He doesn't hold grudges against you. There isn't a list of things that you need to go do to try to get back into His good grace. Because Jesus has done everything for you. And what Jesus has done, church, is enough. Through your faith in Him, you can rest. You're safe in Christ. You're safe. Look what he says in verse 2. He says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Paul says, Christ has set us free from the condemnation that would come from the law. Now listen We are justified. That word means declared innocent. Okay, We are justified or declared innocent by God because of what Christ has done. So when he says here, he set us free from the condemnation of the law. The law that he's referring to here is is a couple things. But first, it's it's a declaration that the wages of our sin against God, the result of our sin against God is death. So another way to say it is this. The paycheck for a life lived in rebellion against God is death. Amen. Okay. And then, but also included in the law, is, 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 is actually a list of requirements for perfection or holiness. Okay. Now, listen, make no mistake. The law of God is holy and perfect and good and beautiful. Okay. It is. But... None of us are. <laughs> okay? uh, there's, there's no possible way that we can obey the full law of God. Our flesh is weak. We can't do it. And, and that's a problem because only perfection and holiness is allowed to be in the presence of God. And, and our sin has separated us from that. And so for centuries upon centuries, when you read the Old Testament of your Bible, what you see is the people of God having to perform these rituals and these sacrifices where they would kill animals and and pour their blood over an altar. And they would do this over and over and over. And here's why. It was a symbol, a reminder that something outside of them has to pay for their sin. It was a reminder over and over again that their sin is ugly and disgusting in the eyes of God. And they can't fix the problem themselves. 
We can't fix the problem ourselves. We need something, someone from outside of us to fix it for us. That's what those rituals meant over and over and over again. And then we read that Paul says, God satisfied the law himself on our behalf. How? How did he do that? Look at verse 3 and 4. It's beautiful. He says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, that's us, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law, listen, might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh. That means who who aren't striving after our own solutions, who aren't trying to do this ourselves, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You see, Christ is the fulfillment of the law on our behalf. Through our faith in Him, our trust in Him and what He has done. Again, hear me, not what you've done. What Christ has done. It's not, it's, you're not made righteous by how much you pray. By how much you go to church. By how much money you give to God. You're not made righteous by the good things that you do out in the world. That, that's all fine and good. But it's not where you get your righteousness. Your righteousness comes from what Christ has done. And, and anything else is bad news. Right. Anything else is not hopeful. You know, I talk to a lot of people, and, and, and a lot of people tell me sometimes when they hear what I just told you, when they hear the truth of the Scripture, the truth of God's Word, they, they'll say to me, and some of you may feel this or have said this, they'll say um, that it can't be that easy. They'll say, like, there, there's, there's got to be more, something that I have to do to earn my salvation, to earn the love of God. It, It can't be all Jesus. It can't be that easy. What am I supposed to do? You know, um, when I I have that conversation, the the first thing I say is this, and this is what I want to say to you. If you've ever thought or felt or said that, I want to say this to you. Um, The work Christ has done for your salvation, listen to me, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Your salvation, the grace that you enjoy, cost the Son of God unimaginable suffering and horror and terror when He gave His life for you. Amen. So listen, what, what Jesus has done to save you is, was not easy. But hear me, it was enough. Right. It was enough. You don't need to add to what Jesus has done. You don't need to help him save you. He's got it. He's stronger than you. He's bigger than us. He's got it. Jesus has done all that is necessary to save us. And by the way, Christianity, true biblical Christianity, is the only faith, okay, that is based on salvation of sinners by the grace of God alone, a free gift, through faith in Christ alone. It's the only one. 
Look, look, all other religions, all other religions, even some that call themselves Christians, all other religions teach that what Christ did was not enough. They teach that maybe it was good. You know, it was probably helpful and, and, you know, that's nice. But now that Jesus is done, we need to do more. They teach that you now need to work your way into the favor and the grace of God. That there's more you need to do now. You know, now it's up to you to be a good person. It's up to you to make sure you do more good things than bad things. You don't want to make God mad. You know, and as long as you try really hard and believe in what Jesus did, then God's okay with you. Man, church, that is not good news. That's terrible news. Because, look, Christianity is not a declaration that says you go do a bunch of things. Christianity, true biblical Christianity, is a declaration that God has done all things for you. That's good news. I'll tell you this. Good works, being a good person, look, it has its place in the life of a believer. Certainly does. Absolutely does. Okay. Um, Good works are a result of being justified through faith in Christ. Okay. They're a result of it. Look, they're a result of it. They're not the means to it. I'll tell you, listen to me. If you switch it, then you will be deviating far, far from the gospel of Christianity. If you switch it, you'll find yourself... Sick and tired and oppressed by religion. Don't switch it. R.C. Sprawl said, Good works and obedience and morality are a result of faith in Christ and the fruit of a person who has been justified by faith. Don't switch it. You know, I think that you would agree with me that humanity, people all around us, is, is craving some good news. Amen. Craving some good news. Tim Keller wrote that, he says it's, it's evident in society now, even through uh, our entertainment. He talked about like the resurrection recently of a lot of Disney movies and fairy tales that tell stories of, that tell stories about the reality of having a happy ending. That, that love and joy and peace and hope is possible in this earth. And, and Keller writes that he sees a lot of people, without even, even knowing it, living vicariously through these fairy tales. Hoping and praying and wishing that somehow there was some way that it could be a reality. So I want to encourage you guys this Christmas season. When you see everything wrapped in thousands of tiny little stars, don't turn your eyes inward. But remember that there was another star one time that hung in the sky that marked the place where good news had come to humanity. That that salvation had come from outside of us. And, And I want you to know and I want you to hear me. I beg you to believe me. It's the truth of God's word. That because Jesus has come, you can have and experience the love, live in the peace 
Hold on to the hope and rest in the joy that your soul so desperately craves. You can find all of that, not inside of yourself, but from the hope that came from outside, from the Lord Jesus. And so this Christmas season, don't don't go another 12 months striving after the wind and pouring yourself out only to find darkness after darkness after darkness. But this Christmas, put your faith and trust in Christ. Like, come to the real Christmas tree. Look up with your heart and soul and see the Son of God, the light of the world, laying down His life for you. Believe in Him and receive the free gift of salvation. You do not have to live in darkness. The Spirit of God through faith will take residence in your heart and in your soul. And your life will never be the same. It will never be the same. You know, one of the hardest things about preaching the gospel in Western culture in America is that a key part of the gospel is the idea of surrender. It's the idea of humility. And Americans aren't very good at humility. But I'll tell you this. If you don't humble yourself, you won't find salvation. Christmas is God offering you a free gift. Inviting you through faith to trust in all that Christ has done. And experience love, hope, joy, and peace like your soul has never known. And so if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, believe. Believe. You you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to come preach a sermon. You just need to believe. And Christians that are here, believe. Believe again. Believe in a brand new way. Remind yourself that what Christ has done is enough. Look to the light of the world. Kneel before the real Christmas tree in humility and surrender. Let go of your sin and your pride. And and this Christmas, Christian, believe again and find joy. That was the message of the angels. Through faith alone, we can have the righteousness of God. That's the gift of Christmas. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much.